day job. Let's go. Look at me, Damien. The blackest day. Of the front time. As the Stinger says, this is Blade Job, episode 42. I am one of your hosts, Steve Carley. With me today, well, with me through the airwaves, through over many, many miles away, Eric Marshake. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up? It's it's cold out. I'm glad we're I'm glad I didn't make the drive to you today. Did you see the random snowstorm we had for like a half hour? That was a piece of shit. That was annoying. Yeah, I was driving through it. Hold on a second. I heard you taking a sip. What are you drinking right now? I'm drinking a Miller High Life. High Life? Oh yeah. Oh my god, it is a High Life. I'm not <laughs> drinking. I really should break out my, my uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. All right, so this is episode 42, the first episode of the 2020s, of the decade. Therefore, it's going to yeah. be the best one yet. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk about, well, what, we, what we'll be talking about today. We're talking about... One of the greatest movies I've ever seen on opposite day, Microwave <laughs> Massacre from 1983. I, yeah. I feel like I just spoiled my thoughts on it, but holy shit. But before we get to that, let's talk about some quick updates. Eric, you want to go first? Yeah, I, uh, I, I can go first. Um, Give us some, you know. I feel like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I hadn't been, uh, I feel like we hadn't been doing updates in a while. So I, I kind of have quite a few. By all means, let's, let's, hammer through, let's hammer through it. I'm ready for it. I finally saw uh, the new Star Wars, Rise oh, okay. of Skywalker. How did, you like, how did you like it, buddy? Um, it was okay. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. It was right. fine. <laughs> uh, I, if you I, have I, to think about it for longer than a second, that's about right. I mean, I like Star Wars, so, you know, I liked parts of it. Sure. I didn't like parts of it, you know. Well... Yeah, I mean, J.J. Abrams knows spectacle, so like, it's it's not hard to have a good time when you're watching it. But there's obviously a lot of plot points and story beats that, I mean, I know there's one spot where my entire theater screamed and groaned. I'm sure yours probably did the same. Yeah, thing, probably. I'm not sure how packed your theater was. No, I mean it was kind of packed, but yeah. Nice. But, well, that's good, but I speaking guess. of that, I also got through The Mandalorian finally, which I really did enjoyed. You, did you listen to? Did you listen to Concord Dawn or not? What's going on? Yeah, I've listened to the first two so far. <laughs> even though we haven't I've even recorded the last it. one yet. Not oh, you haven't? No, oh, it's, it's lagging behind. It's the holidays, even though it's not at all the holidays anymore. Yeah, well, I finally watched that, and that I did really enjoy. Um, How about now? You're right. You have a couple of things here. Let's, I mean, so... The Mandalorian, I, yeah, I mean, the finale I thought was pretty fantastic. I, I'm glad that that seems to be the kind of uh, general consensus that is pretty awesome. Did you, yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I really loved it. I think it's probably the best uh, Star Wars material we got in that decade. I think it's better than Rogue One, which a lot of people I'm really enjoy, I'm not a huge Rogue One. I think it's fine. The last, like, 15 minutes are probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it makes me excited to see potentially more kind of long-form Star Wars television material going forward. I mean, you don't, you don't have to wait super long because season two airs this fall. So, I mean, that's kind of nice. They're already shooting it right now. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm even talking about just other, you know, I'm, I'm assuming there'll be more than just Mandalorian going oh, yeah, forward. Oh, yeah, they already have a, um, they have they'll an have Obi-Wan others. Kenobi series. Yeah. So, so that's so I think all of that next year, two years. Yeah, all all of that I think will be is exciting to me, to what's Agreed. what's coming. So, but yeah, so I Damn saw right. that. Um, just some quick ones, real quick. I I watched uh, kind of like a a trinity of holiday movies over um, Christmas with Black Christmas, New Year's Evil, Terror Train, which is back in the archives. It's a good. I was going to say I was I <laughs> yeah, recognize that one. New Year's Eve movie. It was fun. Oh yeah, uh, David Copperfield, um, and then something that might interest you a little more, Steve. I watched uh, Hag Zusa. Hagazusa. How the hell do you pronounce that, man? I don't know, but um, are you familiar with this? I am somewhat familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I I believe it, the director hasn't done like anything. Or this is his first feature film, from what sure. I remember. But um, it's essentially like a German 
version of uh, Robert Eggers' The Witch. And I mean, that's probably a little, um, you know, a little simplifying what it is, but that's kind of what I looked at it as. Because <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs> I feel like it's a bit slower. Oh, um, yeah. I mean... It's obviously, I think it's a more sensory. He relies more on images and dialogue and, you know. Yeah. There's maybe 30 also lines you're, of dialogue. Yeah, and you're also ass wrong. I mean, this director's done two movies prior to this one. Okay, one's 55 minutes and one's 47 minutes, so you're not dead wrong. I'm okay, dead wrong. I believe I said they're, they're, first feature film. Right. So, uh, These are like novellas. So yeah. you're right. God damn it, you're right. Fair thank enough. you, thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... I don't think it tackles anything that the witch doesn't tackle. Uh, it's better or worse. Oh, like I, I think it's... That the witch tackles better. You think? Yeah, I think the witch tackles. Well, maybe it's just because I'm not as familiar with uh, ancient German paganism. Sure. Where I think, which is an interesting topic. I think it I is. It would be nice to kind of dive into that more. Yeah. At some point. Yeah, and I mean, and then the witch, I think, is just a little more close to home because, you know, we learn about, you know, the pilgrims and colonists, in, sure. you know, as American uh, children and stuff. So it just, it, it, the imagery is a lot more familiar. And Plus, it's got that great dialogue and the dialect and the, you know, this yeah. what, six, you know, 17th century dialogue, which is great. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So I don't know. It was good. I mean, it's it is it's like you, it's visually cool, but you know, it's definitely uh, right. needs some some uh, substance. Huh? Yeah, and then and then finally, I, I watched a movie with uh, my girlfriend Cass, uh, Cry of the Banshee, which friend I'm of the show. Gonna, yeah, yeah, our our our, our sole live show attendee. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh, yeah. We had it's I think we had some jugglers show up too. That's um, right. But no, Cry of the Banshee. I don't know. It's a it's a tape I tracked down not not too long ago, and uh, love the just, name. Just a really fun Vincent Price kind of uh, witch movie. Uh, he's kind of a witch hunter. Um, kills some witches. They haunt him. It's fun. It's definitely like it's just one of those movies where like I, I really love that like late sixties early seventies occult imagery. You know. Sure. With that bright oh, yeah. color, you know, people dancing around naked. Like, it's just very aesthetically, uh, it's very cool. So, I don't know. Give it a shot. I, I thought my, my edition's pretty heavily edited, which is kind of a bummer, but, Ooh, you know, that's. So, you that's, have a physical copy of it? I have a physical copy of it, yeah. Got it. But it's, a, it's an old anywhere. ass uh, British tape, so. Or not British tape, mm. but. I think was edited for British cinema, which, as we know, they don't like boobs over there. (laughs) (laughs) Queen Elizabeth banned boobs. So damn it, that's why she's hated. Yeah. So how about you, bud? What you been watching? Uh, I mean, I don't have a whole lot. I saw Uncut Gems. It's a movie that I've been. That's not really relevant to like this podcast, but only someone could. You could. Uh, you could refer to it as like a horror movie only, you know, if you really stretch it, really shift the goalposts, but it, it, I've it heard it's snaps. good. It's very, I really want to see it's it. It's just the Safdie brothers are doing something that no other director out there is doing. Then the way that they kind of, oh man, they, it's, it's a, it's a bombardment of just like it's sensory overload with, uh, with dialogue tracks. I believe, don't quote me on this, although you can probably quote me on it, but what they basically <laughs> did is. They took an idea that was kind of invented by uh, Robert Altman in like the 70s, early 70s, where they kind of overlay two different um, or at least more than one different audio track to kind of create that. Because a lot of times, if let's say you have actors who are sitting and talking in a, uh, like, you know, in a public place and you can't really hear anybody talking behind them, right? You just kind of mm. hear them because they're on, on the voice track. But this one kind of pumps up the background. So you've got a whole bunch of people talking left and right. And his, their movies are all stressful in that way. I know um, Good Time from 2017 is also incredible. I think mm, this is probably mm-hmm. their best movie so far. So, And Adam Sandler slaps. What a shock. Whenever he decides to make a drama or at least a dramatic performance, he kills it because he's actually an incredible actor when he wants to be. It's just that he prefer to he prefers to go on vacations and make you know millions of dollars on his vacations with his friends and family. So can't really knock him for that. No. Oh uh, well, yeah, I, I want to see it. I think I'm planning on seeing it actually, uh, maybe this weekend. 
So. You need to see it in a theater where, where you can't leave. I guess you can leave, but you can't like pause the movie because it's definitely an onslaught, visual, you know, audi- audibly and visually. So, highly recommend it. I'd love to see. I just I think they're two of the best like filmmakers, at least like emerging filmmakers. That and, mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I just I think Trey Edward Schultz who did Waves, who I but I also loved recently. Those two are like two of my favorite young directors working today. So fantastic. Um, I guess this is more of like an update, but like I think from what I understand, the website that I used to write reviews for, Film Takeout, is coming back this year. I don't know when that's going to be. It's going to be sometime this year. Um, we're going to be breaking out a new podcast for that, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be part of Whoa. that. So that's a fun thing to look forward to. See if I can knock it off to three podcasts I host, or at least, you know, co host or beyond. So yeah, that'll be look sweet. Look out for that. I'll I'll keep I'm not sure if I'm going to be like writing a lot of reviews or anything or any for it, but I definitely want to be part of the podcast. So I'll you know I'll keep bench I'll keep people up to date on that as time goes. Um, last thing, The Grudge. I know we talked about it. I, I I fucking nailed it when I said that we'll see a trailer before the year's end, and then we did. Um, turns out it sucks ass. What what do you? I'm I'm fucking I'm so tired of these studio movies that suck the life out of these great auteur young filmmakers. And that's mm-hmm. I knew I was worried that that was going to happen here. I mean the Janu- the January release date kind of cemented it, but I was hoping that it was just going to be a fluke, you know, like uh like I mean, American Sniper that was a January release that we all thought would suck. And say what you will about the movie, but it made a fuck ton of money. So I never actually uh, saw the grudge, ended up seeing it. It's good. It's better than people are will are comfortable acknowledging because it's okay. cool to hate on it, but it's a good movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Pacey or Pesci, the director of The Grudge, he did uh, The Eyes of My Mother and then mm. Piercing. Um, so he's just this, you know, if, if you just watch a trailer for either of those, and you can get that kind of great style that he's into. That none of that apparently is in this. I, I have not seen The Grudge. I'm not going to. Maybe I'll rent it, but. Um, Apparently, none of this guy's style is in this movie. Apparently, it's hot trash. It's also losing a lot, a lot of money. So, have, have you seen? There. Have you seen either the original, or well, the original or the the first American or remake? Juan. Oh, um, I think I must have. I, I'm sure I have. I mean, I know all about it, so I'm assuming I got that from the movie itself. But you know, I don't know if I've seen it. I'm almost positive I have. It, obviously, it was a long time ago, and I wasn't super impressive. I don't remember it, but I know for a fact that I've. Well, I know for a fact that I might have seen it. So yeah, I mean, I I think it's worth a revisit. It's it's kind of that same era as the, the Ring, where yeah, it came out around the same. I think the first, I think the one, I guess the American remake yeah. came out. I think in '05 when the Ring was '03. So yeah. it was in that time with a ghost ship where everyone was all mm-hmm. into horror. And all of a sudden, the others that kind of thing. yeah. But but so, there was a big surge yeah. of American remakes of Japanese horror, J horror. And they're they're pretty. There's I, they actually, I think they hold up at least those like, Pulse, The Ring, um, The Grudge. I know The Ring for fact holds up. Yeah. holds up like a motherfucker. The Ring is fantastic. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm a big fan of The Ring. So, um, and that's pretty much all of the updates. You know, I, I need to rent the lighthouse as of today of this recording on the seventh. You can now rent the lighthouse that I missed in theaters. So I'm probably yeah, gonna rent that like tomorrow. I'll I'll send you a link too. There's um. There's a place around us that's um, doing a showing of it. Uh, I'll, I'll, sh- oh, really? I'll send it afterwards. Yeah, I, I don't okay. know. I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to plug it on the air because I don't know what the whole thing is. But we'll talk about it sure. after because I think it, it it might not be as big as I think it is. It might just be sure. like a showing in a banquet hall, like it just projection. But I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, it's just this you know Metro Detroit area. You know, we sometimes get we have a couple of indie theaters that play these indies and they, the theaters, you know, God bless them for showing these movies, but their quality is trash. So I hope I try to risk it and wait to see if it opens up at like the Imagine, you know, chain near us. And then of course it doesn't happen. It just vanishes and they go, shit, I missed it. Same thing with Jojo rabbit, but I figured, uh, the lighthouse has some more relevance to this podcast. So, yeah. And in this place I'm talking about, I, I think it'll be interesting for us going forward. It, it just opened and it's, it seems to be showcasing oh, really? uh, um, kind of more esoteric art house horror. Um, okay. I know they're oh, doing a, they, what I've seen so far is them showing a lot of Giallo and um, shit. That's awesome. And then I think the the the, mo- the first recent movie I think they're showing is Lighthouse. So I, okay. I don't know all the details. Well, it might be a shit shithole, um, but yeah. <laughs> It's still stay cool tuned. to have. It seems like a very Detroit thing. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll plug it. You know, if if you know, once I once we yeah, kind of get the plugging. scoop. Yes. 
if, if we think it's good enough for this podcast, for sure. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, Eric, let's talk about our Blade Driver of the Week. Let's get to Yeah, we haven't had one in a long time, away. have we? It seems like. I don't think yeah, we've so. We've kind of been no. skipping out. Um, but, I mean, just real quick, I mean, we're not going to go too deep into this because we don't want to be diving into current wrestling um, a ton because, you know, these shows could be listened to whenever. So, but uh, Jushin Thunder Liger... Uh, retired over the weekend. Um, so thanks, Steve. He's like the same class as Muda. So late oh, okay. 80s, oh, wow. okay. late 80s uh, Japanese wrestling. Um, he, he, he actually, his main gimmick character um, with the horns and stuff is based after a, an anime character um, named Liger, which is kind of interesting that... Um, in Japan, they would sometimes have these uh, comic book or manga characters, anime characters. Then they would build a real life wrestler out of that, kind of like how Blue Demon was in uh, um, Mexico in El Santo. So I don't know. It's just cool. He's kind of a legend. I mean, he's definitely a legend. Um, you know, without him, we wouldn't have had guys like Eddie Guerrero, you know, Blade Jobber on the show. So and even Muda. So. You know, he's just a, a quick little blade job of the week to Jush and Thunder Liger. All right, fair enough. I almost said rest in peace, but he didn't quite die. No, I guess we're just used dead. to having our blade job of the week speak. We just we're used to having us die, so it's nice to have yeah. someone who just retires, who, who dies no, off yeah. the ring, kind of thing. And yeah, I believe he was almost right, 60, well, which is pretty old. That is pretty for the ring. Yeah, it's pretty old. Yeah. Oh, God bless him. Speaking of things that aren't pleasant, let's... Uh, <laughs> let's Should we dive, dive into, into the meat fucking... of this? <sighs> yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, uh, Jesus Christ, man. All right, so can yeah. You, can you take s- it away here? Take it away. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it away. Uh, like we said, we're talking about uh, Microwave Massacre for this, this week. Um, it's... T- I don't really know how to describe it. Um, I'm going to put it... I'm putting in a trailer right here, though. Anthem Pictures reluctantly presents what is considered to be the worst horror film of all time. Your skin will crawl. Your stomach will turn. I have to go to the restroom. I mean restroom. Your blood will boil. Dining will never be the it's same. It's all caught in blue. Not ever tasted anything so unique. It's delicious. Dismemberment. Death. Oh man. Distastefulness. My hemorrhoids. Microwave massacre. Okay, so this movie, filmed in '78, released in '83. I think. Oh, '79. Made yeah. for. Under a hundred grand. Uh, Boy, is that is that obvious? Boy, is that um, true? I'm gonna say right up the right off the bat, and I mean, correct me if if you think otherwise here. Not blade job approved. No, no, I don't think I'm it gonna, is at all. I'm giving it an F. Um, it is it is it is blade job approved in certain aspects. As anybody who listens to this podcast understands that there are pillars of blade job approved. There's this there's the nudity, there's the gore, uh, that's pretty much it. Those are the two pillars, and this handles yeah, one of them I mean, fairly well, with the exception of like Santa's sleigh, where like we will allow movies that feature wrestlers too. That's kind of the the pseudo third pillar. Sure, is like wrestling sure. yeah, adjacent uh, movies. The unofficial, right? Like, like bloody apes, exactly. You know, it's like a, yes. If it involves bloody wrestling, a- bloody guaranteed. Apes tri- bloody apes touched everything. Yeah. Well, this movie doesn't. So, no. I'm gonna read the IMDb uh, t- description for it, okay. just to get this. This so we can just power through this piece of shit. Fed up of his wife's bad cooking, Donald kills her and turns to cannibalism to satisfy his appetite. And I cannot stress enough how much more boring this movie is than it's said than that IMDb uh is that all the synopsis sound, says? That description that's the synopsis buddy there's not even like a read more it's just boom that is it which it's not wrong it's just it makes it seem <laughs> no. at least somewhat enjoyable to watch when this is not that at all well can I um 
Uh, okay, so it, it was directed by a man named Wayne Berwick. Um, have you heard of him, Steve? I, I kind of like that name. No, I've never heard of this motherfucker. You're kidding me? <laughs> kidding um, me? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull something here that's kind of a interesting side note that I'm sure you don't know either. But Wayne Berwick uh, is the son of a man named Irvin Berwick. Irvin Berwick, okay. uh, cult film director from the 1950s. Also, did not do much of note. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because it, uh, maybe like two or three years ago, I started working on a project for a online publication that since kind of has, I'll, we'll just say shifted their, uh, uh, top topics of writing style. Sure. I, I don't know. It's anyways, I wrote a piece and they ended up, uh, kind of saying, Oh, we're not really doing f- cult film anymore by the time I had finished it. Cause it did take me quite a while. But anyways, all, what I'm trying to say is that Irvin Berwick, the, the director's father, um, back in 1959, directed a movie called The Monster of Pedras Blancas. Is that, do you speak Spanish, Steve? I do not. Does that sound right to you? I do not at all. Sure, that sounds about right. So, um, anyways, the, the point I'm trying to say is that this, this piece I was kind of dabbling in for what seems like fucking years was about, um, pre-1970s gore. And I think I've mentioned this back when we were covering Bloody Apes because I, Bloody Apes was another movie that I covered um, during this kind of research period slash just personal project. But uh, this monster of Piedras Blancas is, is one of the early, 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 early examples of pretty gory movie black and white 50s um and i mean it's something like i i think at some point i'd love to cover it uh not cover it but maybe cover this kind of you know project i put all this time into and and maybe bring it to life on this show because um you know i got about maybe 15 to 20 movies pre-1970 that are kind of uh kind of lost and, and, and not really remembered. You know, a lot of people look at Night of the Living Dead as kind of the first gory type movie, aside from the Herschel Gordon-Lewis, you know. I was going to say, yeah, I feel like Herschel, Herschel yes. Gordon-Lewis would be offended to hear that because I feel right. like he kind of, I mean, you know, even with, uh, yeah, with Blood Feast and whatnot. Yes. So, I mean, in my, my big thing was trying to find even movies pre-Blood Feast that had practical effects, gore, blood because even blood was not that prominent in cinema in the 40s and 50s even even gunshot blood was not really prominent so um yeah so i mean that's kind of a weird aside that i'm kind of taking us down but this director kind of um uh, you know put some groundwork into the kind of what you would say maybe gory drive-in culture at of the time and then his son completely fucked it up and did something that's not good <laughs> yeah well okay I, ha- I have to call you out for a second i have to go to what you sent me what did you send me you said uh so you said watching now this may be the trashiest movie since street trash that we've covered and i don't know what the fuck you are talking about because there's nothing about this movie when i think of trash i think of like violent bloody Uzi, I don't. Maybe I just don't know what you mean by trashy. Because this movie does not have any of that stuff. It's the, the um, problem that this movie does for me. The problem with it is that it just it commits one of the biggest sins of movies, and that's just that it's boring as shit. And I, I hate to use the term boring to describe a movie because I feel like that's kind of you know juvenile. But I mean, there, like I did not know that the budget was a hundred grand, and now that I hear that, that makes a lot of sense. I just. Yeah. Everything about this movie, I mean, even acting aside, I mean, the acting is, it's its almost, it seems intentional, you know, like intentionally poor. Um, yeah. It, it, it I mean, just, I guess. It, it, oh, uh, 
A lot but of people say, think that this kind of thing is like, uh, you know, it's so bad it's good. But there's absolutely nothing that, about this movie that is so bad it's good. It's just so bad. Continue. No, I, I think what I meant when I was, it's trashy is when we sent, covered some street trash was because, I mean, I, I think I sent that within a minute of the film being on, which mm. it opens with okay. a woman uh, getting having sex outside and then just kind of like the the construction workers um just like running over to like grab at her yeah that was and, interesting i wasn't sure what the hell was going on that i mean i guess i yeah. know but that scene was interesting i kind of like that scene because of how weird it is because the movie starts off weird right i mean it starts off like almost surreal like with the way that they're acting and the woman who shoves her naked chest into a hole um, I, you know, just, to, I guess, what was the point of that? Was that just to tease these guys, these, these construction workers, or was there a reason for, uh, for that? Did you uh, see something I didn't? No, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, yeah, it was just kind of like a, uh, almost like a glory hole, but like, like b- bigger, I guess, where like you that's could That's what put, I figured. Yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know. That, that's kind of my thing with this movie too, is like, it, it really, it follows a lot of, uh. Another reason why I don't think it's Blade Job approved is because I don't think it's not that we only cover horror movies here, but I mean this is not even a this is hardly even a it's hardly gory it's hardly a horror movie, and it, I think it tries to be a lot of like uh like those seventies era kind of sex comedies you, you know what I'm talking about sure. like a in in, in yeah. uh, and, and even even there it fails pretty pretty uh pretty downright i would say <laughs> it's just i mean again like the 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 lead character himself um is of course as i mess up and i i, I i'm not prepared to look at who this is anyway so no I, i'll jackie tell you who vernon. It is. jackie vernon yeah and, and should we say jackie who he vernon. is should we say who he is right now how about we just play a clip and then see if the audience can guess. All right. Else. If you can guess, yeah. Here's a clip right here. Happy birthday! There it is. And that is, if you couldn't guess it from just that little bit, it's fucking Frosty the Snowman, Jackie Vernon, from the 1960s. <laughs> 1969 Frosty the Snowman. I, that's a movie that we've all seen, and if you haven't, I mean, you probably have anyway, even if you haven't, right? I think it kind of still gets played every year on, uh, is it ABC or CBS? Oh, it's one of them. Whoever yeah, commissioned it's that. Just, it's, it, it's so funny. You go to his IMDb page, and you just, like, see his acting, and it's just all the pictures of, like, Frosty, Rudolph and Frosty, and then Microwave Massacre. <laughs> just, just all the posters. It's so like- funny. Microwave Master is like the second most, is like his second highest trending movie on IMDb. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. He died at age 63, which seeing the movie, I guess I can kind of see that. Probably hard shit, you know? It's unfortunate. Yeah, he, what are you going to do? He, he didn't look that healthy at this point in no. his life. Yeah, although, I'll tell you, I, I related to that. I, I, I saw a little bit of myself in him for sure. <laughs> Which is not good, but it is what it is. All right, is, so you right? kind of, you gave a kind of a synopsis, right, about him. Uh, I mean, what more is there? He he's just sick and tired of his wife's awful cooking, and so he decides, yeah. you know what, I'm gonna choke her out, I'm gonna kill her, and then I'm gonna chop her up and eat her, and then he realizes, and I you know I know that we normally run through this, but just because it's so stupid, he goes, all right, well, I need to have sex because I haven't had sex in 15 years. That's what he says. Which, again, I can relate, trust me. Boy, boy howdy. And then he, uh, so he decides, well, I, I, I can try to have sex with somebody, but for some godforsaken reason, I can no longer have sex with someone unless they're dead. So, yeah, uh, kind of like a Ted Bundy situation here. So he starts kidnapping women, killing them, and then having sex with them. Which is, you know, it- you and I, you and I don't, um, we're, you know, you and I don't uh, pretend to be above that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, in, I was wondering where you were going to go with this. Like, you, and I, you and I don't pretend I... to be above that. You and I partake in the uh. usual nec- you know, necrophilia every once in a while. It's a fun Sunday activity. No, but it, it, it really is. We should try it out. But, yeah, so that's, 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 just the, that's the whole point of the goddamn movie, which is, yeah, again, 
you know, it's a, it's, it's fine. You know, I'm okay with that. I don't look for more in a movie like this, but no. if it just wasn't so goddamn boring and the acting wasn't so goddamn bad. I'll tell you what though, the best part of this movie, right? And you can hmm. already guess where this is going to go. The best part of, of, of this movie is the fact that it's an hour and 16 minutes long. God fucking bless. Let me tell you. Is it now. really only like and, uh, under 80 minutes? Yeah. Cause it, it feels longer. You're right, which is another another you know ding against it. But it's an hour and sixteen minutes long, and I thank Whoa. you for that. Thank you, Wayne Berwick. God damn, because um, I couldn't take any more of it. And when it was done, I was like, I'm I'm just this is such a waste of my time. Is it as bad as Audition? You can't really compare the two because at least Audition has a a budget. You know, the performances are they're actually performances. So you can't. I'm, I'm not prepared to say it's either better or worse than Audition because uh, they're, usually, it's, they're very different movies. I, I'm gonna stop you there. I think I'm gonna say that you know what, we found a movie that's worse than Audition. <laughs> okay, you know what? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's 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 do it. I'm gonna say this yep. is the worst movie we've watched. Yeah, it, uh, it, uh, it uh, makes me sad that I'm the one that suggested this. But you know, that's the that's the beauty of this you podcast know is that you and I never but know I what th- the hell we're gonna get into. I think that that's, I think that there's still some, you know, there's obviously, you know, it's good content that we can create out of this, you know. I feel like, I feel like this podcast is melting down from this episode, I did, from this movie. I just, <laughs> I'm trying to like think, because I'm trying to think of like a positive on it, you know, like what can I say I, other than I, how I, short I'll, it I'll is. give you some positives. I'll give you some positives. All right. All right. Let's okay. dive in. I mean, these are kind of vague positives. <laughs> Also, I forget, sure. before, before That's we get into get. before before we get into some of this, I think um, we, we we didn't we forgot to mention. I mean, yes, his wife's cooking is bad, but also it has to do with the the title of the movie, Microwave Massacre. His his wife has <laughs> bought this kind of um, almost oven sized industrial microwave that she cooks everything in. Um, which yeah. uh, okay, you're right. Ja- Jackie Vernon then goes on to cook everybody else in he's cooking flesh in this microwave which um you know i guess the overall i mean this is a this is a really big stretch here but the overall (laughs) idea of a giant microwave um and uh cooking people in it is kind of uh you know it kind of makes you smirk a little but it does, a little it. bit, though. And I guess I should also mention that there is some sort of stupid-ass side story where his um, construction buddies, they always... Because he, he, he always brings a lunch, you know, a lunch with them to the construction mm-hmm. yard. Because, you know, that's just kind of a stereotype. You know, that's like a... What do you call it? Like um, a cliched image of constructions that they all sit together and eat the yeah. sandwich, you know? Yeah. And uh, every, every single time, he's, he comes up with this meat in this sandwich, and these guys are like, yo, well, like... This, the meat in this sandwich is fantastic. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's so good. And Jackie Vernon has the kind of wink to the camera, metaphorically, <laughs> like, I, you know, I'll never tell. Yeah. Although there is one point where he does, he looks, his wife says something. I don't, who fucking cares what it is, but he looks at the camera and fucking smirks to the camera, which, yeah, I mean, at that point I was already tuned out where I was like, why not? Why not have this, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, I like when, the fourth wall is bro- broken, mm-hmm. but this is a different kind of this is a kind of different kind of fourth wall being broken. It's one that's unsolicited, makes no sense. Um, and the movie thinks it's way weirder than it actually is, so it thinks like ah, ah break the fourth wall. You never know what to expect. But at that point, yeah. I was yeah, I was proper tuned out, tuned the fuck out. So I, yeah. I was okay with that, even though it's awful. And I mean, I think that this movie is kind of. Uh... Like I said, it kind of rides this line of of pretty much being a, I guess att- I think it's attempting to be more of a comedy than anything else. Attempt is the key word there, yeah. Because um, I feel like every single one of Jackie Vernon's lines are like old fucking. It's like a it's like a bad Rodney Dangerfield movie. Every line is like a one liner, and every one liner. Yeah, but it's not a good one. Pretty ba- no, no, no. And I don't even know if Rodney Dangerfield's lines are that good, you know. So <laughs> I'm gonna say they're probably better than. I mean, you know, they're the world's better than this, you know. It's like yeah. Mar- comparing Marco's Pizza to like Little Caesars. I mean, they're both good, but boy, yeah, you know. And and for so, the for the for the kids listening at home, which I mean would really include probably me and you if 
We hadn't done the research, yeah. but Jackie Vernon was a, uh, he was kind of like a uh, Don Rickles, Rodney Dangerfield era comedian where he did a lot of roasts, um, you know, Dean Martin show, regular, Johnny Carson. So, you know, kind of these old kind of self-deprecating, yeah, it, you kind of know the style I'm talking about, Steve. Like, it's a very of, of the 70s. Um, like Friars cats. Club kind of shit. Yes. Yeah. Bingo yes. Hall so, comedian kind of shit, yeah. Yeah, so that that's that's Jackie Vernon's uh, background as a comedian. Um, and it kind of comes through in this movie. Um, well, it makes sense because he's not an actor, clearly. Like, clearly he's not an actor at all. He's clearly just, he no. talks to people on stage, but I don't think, yeah, this guy has an acting bone in his goddamn body, so... No. Um, I will say, I though, that... So, no, you go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just... I, I mentioned... I alluded earlier to a, uh, you know, that there is one pillar that this movie does get, and that's the nudity. Because there's... I know we briefly touched on upon the, you know, the heave, heaving breasts through the hole, the big-ass glory hole in the for the construction yard. Um, but, I mean, you know, you have someone who, you know, who commits necrophilia, so as crass and awful as it is to say, that includes some good nudity, so... You know, yeah, and, and that's too loud. My neighbors are going to call the cops on me, but you get the idea. Yeah, and, and that's where I think like this almost it. Not that it would be better if it was just a. I don't know. It it's definitely rides the line of the sex comedy stuff because there's so many bad sex kind of jokes like from the um. Obviously, there's a lot of innuendo. Just, like, Yes, and then even, like, the overtly gay construction worker who works with them. And the neighbor who's in lingerie constantly. Like, there's just, like, all these bad kind of sex... Well, that's what uh, I'm saying. The movie thinks it's way weirder than it actually is. Like, it tries to be zany and weird and, you know, non-sequitur, but it just doesn't work. And what bothers me the most, probably, of this whole movie, the fucking movie, is the fact that, like, this whole movie is mainly about people being chopped up and cooked, but there's just so little blood. Like, you see the... Because you see a lot of severed body parts, but there's just... It's, you know, it all looks like a very low-budget prosthetics, you know? There's not Mm -hmm. much um, any gore or anything to it, which is, to me, such a waste opportunity. There's two kind of bloody parts. There's, There's one part where off camera you see him like hacking up something you just see pretty much knife coming down and and blood uh, kind of squirting which is uh that's not going to get your blade job approved on this show um and second we see a part which i mean it's this is like baby's first knife cut where you see him cutting the knife down a woman's chest and the blood's kind of trailing behind the knife and dripping. Do you remember that, Steve? I do, barely, because I fucked that movie. And, and the worst part is, the entire time this is happening, you can see the lady moving her head and her neck, and her, her, her chest is breathing as she's supposed to be playing a, a dead woman. So, um, yeah, the effect is completely <laughs> it's just, lost. It's, it's not, I mean... Yes, the, you know, the gore effects, the, you know, this, the, um, what's the word, practical effects can be pricey, but at the same time, it's like, it doesn't, you, there's a reason why horror is the most popular genre for, you know, young, uh, you know, young aspiring filmmakers to make their first movie, because it's cheap to produce, and you can do a lot of fun special effects with it, DIY crap, so it's just a shock to me that this movie that deals so much in, um, you know, severed uh, severed bodies and severed, you know, uh, body parts mm-hmm. is just so tame about it, which just pisses me off, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, and there's, there's we, I mean, I mean, we, we've, we've gone through examples on, we've covered movies on this show with about the same or less budget that have pretty decent special effects. So the fact that, the, I don't know what they even spent the 80, 90,000 on, to be honest, because it, it doesn't even show up in the effects where, you know, some of the times we see these movies that have horrible acting, horrible shot, you know, you know, horrible uh, film setting and set pieces, but the gore is sometimes good, where this doesn't even have sure. the gore, you know? No, the, the only, like, only part of this movie that I was like, ah, it was what, what's the fucking big-ass glory hole with the heaving breasts, and that was it. Okay, that's in the that first minute. That was the minute. only time. 
uh, yes, <laughs> you are correct. I mean, obviously, the way that these men treat this this women is obviously abhorrent. Um, but you know, that's uh, I'm gonna chuck that yeah. up to uh, standards on the construction field in the in the late seventies. But yeah, uh, man. I guess, you know, it's funny that I mentioned that, knowing how the whole rest of the movie is women being chopped up and having said, you know, being fucked. And so, you know, it's a whole, the whole movie doesn't do very well with that. But I don't think that this movie's trying to be respectful in any way. Because it certainly no. not, doesn't respect your time. That's for damn sure. No. I guess, and I think maybe that's what I meant too when I was thinking it's the trashiest movie since Street Trash. Because, like, like Street Trash 2 is um, offensive for offensive sake. Where I feel like this movie wanted to do that, but it wasn't. It was so low effort. It you know it, it's like like a John Waters movie, for example. I, sure. It, it has some kind of like artistic integrity to the trash. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Where this is literally just trying to like, I I guess make you laugh at the trash, but I feel like it's not even. I don't even know if this was funny in the era this was created. So, no. Well, I mean, um, this is, I mean, think about it. Like, the same year that this movie was made, yeah, I mean, they're very different movies, of course. But, well, you had Halloween came out, you know, was, came out the oh, year yeah. this movie was shot. You've got, you know, you've got the all the gross-out teen, uh, like, in college movies. And yeah. obviously, these are very different movies, but there's, you know, you can, you can see some, um, I mean, this came out later, so there's not really going to be any inspiration from those but no. that's the kind of uh that is the kind the fad that was happening that that area you're right that time yeah i mean there's like a i mean one of the big directors of the time russ myers who you know kind of you like that sexploitation and, and sex comedy um again though th those movies had a little bit more i think for one they weren't boring which it seems to be your big critique here, and yes, that's and, my big critique, absolutely. And, and two, those movies had, um, I guess, the more of a plot that made sense, even to the to why this these sexy situations were happening. I mean, where this one, it, it you're right, it was very almost surrealist at times, or attempting to be. Um, I don't even know if it was like we're like I'm saying though if it was intended with like an artistic kind of uh there was stroke no behind here. it. Their their intention was to was to try to be quirky and weird. Yes. That failed. The intention was I guess to be scary. That failed. Um I I simply don't know if there's any intention or if every single thing they intended failed, yeah. you know. And again, worst of all, it just it's just not a fun movie to watch. It's just boring. Yeah. Again, I hate to use the phrase. I hate to use boring. You know, that's uh, no. You know, I just don't like it. But this movie is such that to a T that I can't avoid it. Yeah, I mean, I I think the, some of the like like we had mentioned earlier too. Some of the uh, one-liners. There was one one-liner that I I thought was that it kind it made me smirk a little because it's just so bad. Like it's like a almost like a dad joke, but it's also kind of like a middle school or comeback was mm -hmm. when um i believe his name's donald that's uh jackie vernon's character um he's sitting there at dinner with his wife and uh she's sitting there she says some men you know find me attractive still and then jackie goes how would i know i didn't attend the braille institute and you know okay. it got a smirk yeah. out of me but i remember that, that was one. about that it. was you, you could you could tell that that was a big deal for the writer because after <laughs> he says that line, nothing happens for a good like three seconds. So it's yeah. like hold for applause. Like cue laugh track. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is embarrassing, but you know. Also, just a fun, so. just to kind of how the the movie started. Like we said, the um, it started with a woman uh, seemingly walking down the street, putting her chest through a hole in the fence. And do you know what the first line of dialogue is, Steve? I don't remember. <laughs> it's one of the construction workers saying, hold on a minute, I gotta go to the breastroom. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Because then so, one by one, they kind of have to leave the, what I assume was jerk off, I think. Yeah, so it, um, th and right. that kind of set the tone for the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, um, which, 
I mean, I'll admit, even that line, you know, it, it, gets, it gets a kick out. I get a, a little bit of a kick out of that one. I'm not proud of it, but I do. But yeah, but I mean, it, I'm going to... That's like, I'm you're gonna, right, that sets the whole fucking tone. Yeah, I'm going to go through a, a few quick of the kind of, I guess... I, I'm not going to say if they're good, they're bad, whatever they are. I'm going to say these are some of the kind of what-the-fuck parts for me that stuck out from sure. this movie. Because, I mean, I guess... For anything, you know, if you want just, like, a quirky movie in the background of, like, a fucking swinger party or something that's freaky, um, I this, I guess, has some quirky imagery in it that might uh, when make I for hear, a nice ambience. When I think quirky imagery, I think of, like, from society or something like that, you know? That's the kind of imagery okay. that I like. Not, not, none of this crap. Except for the boobs, of course, through the, the big-ass glory hole. Well, here's some shit that I thought was, like, fucked up in this movie. Or made me think, like, what the fuck is happening. Um, one of it, okay, so we have the, the seemingly uh, swinging neighbor who's wearing lingerie constantly. It's a man wearing lingerie. Um, another thing that kind of was fucking crazy was just the fact that um, the voice of a lot of our childhood, Frosty, um, has, you know, simulated sex maybe twice in the movie. Um, and we have to watch and hear that. Um, <laughs> We're forced to, re- yeah, for sure. Do, do you remember the scene, and I don't even remember the context of this, where a girl was seemingly rubbed, like, whole torso to neck with mayo, and then had bread put on her, and then cut? It, it was like a fever dream of a part of the movie, and then it oh, didn't I, allude to it at I all. I forgot about that part. Yeah, I, I, I forgot about that part until right now. I, I, I don't know what it had to do with anything. Um, but anyways, that happened. Uh, there's a girl in a fucking Big Bird costume at one point making lewd jokes about eggs. Uh, and then I think one of the weirdest parts to me was the also the neighbor um, on the other side, I guess we can assume, is uh, an attractive female who at one point is gardening... And it looks like she's peeing all over the grass. And then later we see her, like, gardening with a vibrator? Do you remember this scene? Yeah, I remember the scene. Because you're right, it was like a weird fever dream. That's a lot of what this movie is, but not in a good way. I have to keep saying that. No. People like that kind of stuff, and so do I. But uh, none of this is like... You know, any, um, this is not high quality surreal. It's just, it's, it's, again, it, it thinks it's a lot more quirky than it actually is. Yes. But, but with all of that said, do you know what made me the most mad about this movie? No, but I cannot wait to hear what it is. So at the, like, literally the last five minutes of the movie, everything's going to shit. Jackie Vernon's character, he's had like a heart attack due to the giant microwave in his house. Um, he's been to the doctor. And there's, you know, the movie's almost over. They're about to come in and see all the shit that he's, all the people he's been killing. And he's at the job site with the other construction workers. And they're trying to figure out what are they going to do that night to go, you know, get some tail or, you know, go, where are the chicks at? And one of the construction workers suggests they go to a wrestling show. How do I not remember and that? They, I, don't, I don't remember that at all. Because they don't go. That's why That's uh, why it's the, my least favorite. That's why it makes me mad. This would have elevated this movie at least to, you know, maybe not Blade Job approved, but Blade Job acknowledged. If they if if they would have sure. shown wrestling in this movie, but you know, I just I was like so hopeful when I heard this guy be like, "Hey, let's go to the wrestling show tonight down at the you know Sport Dome." I was like, "Holy shit! They're about to show a wrestling match in this movie and redeem it," and then the movie ended. That's in the sequel. I was in Microwave Massacre. I was so disappointed, but you know. Well, because because I know at at, at a few points in the movie, Jackie Vernon's character, which his name is fucking what is his name in the movie? Donald. I think it's Donald. it is Donald. Yeah, he goes to a strip. Well, I think it's a strip club. I mean, the women there are, don't really do anything, but he goes yeah. there and he, you know, he just talks to the uh, bartender. Yeah. So I, I guess I kind of figured that that would be similar to them going to the wrestling event. But good God, man. God, I mean, can you? I, I mean, that that would have been the only saving grace for me is if they would have shown 
even five seconds of a wrestling match, Could it would have made it all worth it. That's all it takes. It would have made it all worth it. That's all it takes. But you know yeah, what? Well. We didn't get it. And you know, for that reason, it's getting a big fucking F. Absolutely 100% not blade job approved. No. So. And worse than audition. And worse than audition. And worse. I want that on the record. I, 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 I've officially, I'm siding with you. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we've, I mean, well, I think we should still hold other movies to the audition standard, you know, because this movie's in a league of its own. Yeah. You know, it just pisses me off. So I I just hate when I see a movie that I feel like I wasted so much time with him. I'm going to say, so you get your, you you can only watch one. You, You can watch this. Or you can watch Night to Dismember the rest, you know, on a desert island. What are you going with? Oh, a Night to Dismember, 100%, man. There we go. Shout 100%. out to Doris Wishman. Confirmed. Take it to the bank. Let's wrap this shit up so we can stop talking about this goddamn movie. All right. Plug that social. Give us the... Oh, I, I have something to say at the end, too, about upcoming show. All right. Real quick, follow us on Blade Job at Blade Job Podcast on Twitter. Find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to Concord Dawn if you're a Mandalorian fan. You can you can listen to myself and a friend of the show, Devin Green, talk about that. We have to put up our last episode, and I'll keep you posted about film takeout. That'd be pretty fun. I'm excited about that. So yeah, we'll I'm excited to goes. see where that goes. Yeah. All right, Eric, take it away. Man. All right. I think so. Last episode, I think we're, we're or next episode, we're doing a. Uh, Best of the decade. I think we're going to get our... Now, our, best best what of the decade? I think we're going to do... I think Now, let me know what you think about this. Each of us give our top five horror movies of the decade. Okay. Have you seen five horror of movies? Of the decade. In, the, in 2000? Uh, yes. Okay. You can give a top five list? M- many more than five? Probably not, but definitely five, yes. All right. We're going to give our top fives. Um, I'm going to put together some wrestling top five as well um maybe we'll throw in some honorable mention blade job approved movies of the 2010s um but yeah i think that's going to be our next episode um so stay tuned i know it's i know people are probably doing all their fucking lists of the decade you know their first episode back but you know we're gonna take it we need we want to really um you know aggregate ours and make sure that they're good Okay, that sounds good. Sound good to you? That sounds good to me, man. Thank you for listening. Uh, listen, man, first episode of the decade. I mean, my God, you know, it's like yeah. got a whole new fit. Well, I think 50 more years of this podcast, I think. So yeah. we'll, we'll probably be hanging up after about 50 years. So. I mean, it's uh, it's not the best movie to start, but you know what? We did our best on the episode. That's all that matters. It's good to get it, get it out of the way. We'll find something better next yeah. time. I'm not sure if we're going to do a wrestling event or a movie next, but we'll figure that out. No, no, we're doing time. we're doing best of next. Oh, but yeah. then we'll do after that. <laughs> we'll Christ, get... I'm just tuning out. Yes, All of right. course. All um, right. We'll see you, you guys everybody. next week.